next on BYU Sports Nation, our 2020 tip-off preview for West Coast Conference basketball. Where will the Cougars finish in the WCC? We will look at every team in the West Coast Conference to talk with the play-by-play -play voices who know their teams the best. Plus, a late Christmas present for BYU football in the form of Kairos Tonga. A central figure returns for the Cougars. What does it mean? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. Oh, this is how we do it. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play -play back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday, January 3rd, wherever and however you're connected it is great to have you with this 2020 vision, baby. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who is currently bolstering his wardrobe with an infusion of orange, Jason Shepard. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the color orange, but a couple of teams wearing orange uh, doing some work. Uh, you obviously have Texas winning their bowl game. Not sure who they played. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and then you had Tennessee, who look. You will never tell me, even if Tennessee had not turned their season around, you were never going to tell me that that was still not a, a very impressive win for BYU to go on the road and win at an SEC school, especially in the way they did that. But the fact that Tennessee has gone on and finished with eight wins makes that win even better. Yeah, I put out a not-so-fun fact last night on Twitter when I realized that Tennessee, after a miraculous comeback against Indiana in the Gator Bowl, finished with more wins, eight, <laughs> than BYU, seven. They were two and five, Jason. How many people thought Tennessee was going to finish with more wins nobody. than BYU when the Cougars started two and one? No, nobody would have said that. Nobody. Crazy. But congratulations to the volunteers. And more importantly, Jason, does that win over Tennessee now sneak into the top five wins of independence for BYU based on where the volunteers Ooh. finished? That was brought up to me on Twitter last night as well. Ooh, a topic for another day. Okay. I like it, yes. though. Hey, let's, uh, let's do it. Let's schedule it for May 13th. Um, <laughs> we'll discuss that or sometime I've got that. something that day. Okay, okay. <laughs> because today, Jason, we have a huge show. No time to discuss if Tennessee is a top five win all time for BYU and Independence. We do have time to discuss BYU football, the state of the Cougars, in respect of some key returning yes. seniors. A plural, plural seniors returning for BYU. And we'll follow that with the preview of West Coast Conference men's basketball. All 10 teams discuss, including interviews with the play-by-play -play specialists of St. Mary's, LMU Pacific, and number one ranked Gonzaga. We're three days into 2020 already. Big things happening for BYU, which takes us to our Friday headlines. Maybe you heard, Jason. Oh, I heard. Big Kairos Tonga announcing on social media on New Year's Eve. What a way to ring in the new year that he will return to BYU for his senior season. The nose tackle defensive lineman has 45 total career tackles, 28 solo, five sacks, looking to bolster those numbers and improve his draft stock. His next game, Jason? Hey, how about the University of Utah in Salt Lake City? What a way that would be to go out if Kairos Tonga can help BYU flip the script against the U. Yeah, I'm very excited for this news that he's coming back. We'll have more of that coming up in our trending. 
The NFL postseason gets underway this weekend with the wild card games, and several former Cougars will be in action. Kyle Van Oy and the Patriots take on the Tennessee Titans tomorrow in Foxborough. Then on Sunday, Taysom Hill and the Saints host the Vikings, and Ziggy Ansah and the Seahawks travel to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Hey, how come we're not talking about the Chiefs yet, Jason? Because they have a bye. Yes, they do. Thank you, Miami. BYU men's basketball opens conference play tomorrow night in the Marriott Center against Loyola Marymount. 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, live on BYU TV. The Cougars at 11-4 through 15 non-conference games. The Lions counter at 7-8. ESPN's Basketball Power Index gives BYU a 95.1% chance of winning the game. And speaking of ESPN, Joe Lunardi, the bracketologist, has the Cougars as an 11 seed right now, facing Kentucky in his latest bracketology report released this morning. Kentucky, BYU, hey, I like all that blue. Wouldn't mind that matchup. You know what's more important? BYU's just, just in. in the combo. That's yes, I don't care. In the bracket I don't right care now. the opponent. Just get in. Women's basketball lost to number 16 Gonzaga last night, 55-43. Babalu Ugu had 10 points and 11 rebounds. That was her second double-double of the season. The Cougars back in action tomorrow at the Marriott Center, taking on the Portland Pilots at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on BYU TV. Now, of note, that was BYU's third game in conference. Yeah, they're now 2-1. They started a little bit earlier, had two road wins, lost to a good Gonzaga team, as Jason mentioned. Number three, BYU men's volleyball opens their 2020 campaign against number 11 Loyola Chicago tonight, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. And then the Cougars will play number six Lewis tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern as well. That Chicago road trip is always tough. Just a guy named Lewis? BYU finished the 2019 season at 13 and 12, but the projections are very good for the Cougars in spite of a mediocre season one year ago. BYU looking to take, again, the top spot in the MPSF. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Yes, I know. This is the basketball preview show, but when you have not one, but two considerable important seniors decide to come back for a senior season at BYU, we got to talk about it, Jason. Matt Bushman was first, mm -hmm. said he would forego NFL consideration, come back to BYU. Kairos Tonga following that up with the news on New Year's Eve. But which is the bigger return for BYU football looking ahead to the 2020 schedule? Is it Bushman or Tonga? Look, I, I want to preface all this by saying I think both are unexpected. I, I was prepared for both to go to the National Football League. And I even tweeted this out. Everybody would have understood if one or both had decided to move on. I think everybody had kind of prepared themselves for, for that to happen. So the fact that you get one back is big. You're getting both of these guys back for their senior seasons is massive for this team. Ultimately, I'm going to say the bigger return is Matt Bushman. And the reason I'm going to say that is because of the offensive weapons that the Cougars are losing. Having your leading receiver back is, is really big for this offense. It's big for Zach Wilson. You, you lose Micah Simon, Levy Hefo, Talon Shumway, MLP. Those guys are all gone. That's a lot of production that is now not going to be on the field. And now you're going to have to find other people to pick up that, that slack. So I think the fact that you have your returner, your, your leading receiver returning, in Matt Bushman, I think that's bigger. That's certainly not taking anything away from having Kyrus Tony. You know 
I love me some Kairos Tonga. I think he's fantastic. I'm so excited to have him back. But I think because of everything BYU lost on offense, having Bushman back is probably the bigger return. Yeah, everybody's going to look at the stats and say, oh, it's Matt Bushman because the numbers will pan out that way. It's just easier to be impactful on a national standpoint because the stats will be there to back that. And I'm with you. You said leading receiver. It's not just in 2019. Yeah. He's led BYU in receiving in each of his first three seasons. He has been the guy for the first three years. And so I don't expect anything less than Matt Bushman leading BYU in receiving once again as a senior. And Jeff Grimes, his offensive coordinator, came out and said, I'm proud of these guys for making, and I quote, mature decisions in response to both of them. And they'll play a huge impact. But the question is, which is the bigger return for BYU football? Quite literally speaking, Jason, <laughs> the bigger return is Kairos Tonga. And let, let's be real. Kairos probably got feedback from the NFL that said, based on what NFL defensive linemen are doing now, he's going to need to shed some weight. And he's going to need to work on some things. And it's better for him to come back to BYU be in better condition, and thus improve his draft stock. Now was not the year for Kairos Tonga to go. Could he have been drafted? Sure. But it probably would have been fifth, sixth, maybe seventh round. Yikes. I would hate to think about Kairos declaring for the NFL draft and not being picked up. I think he's a draft pick. But as far as the surprise goes, I was a little bit shocked that Matt came out so early right. and said, nope, I'm going back. Because I was the guy a month ago saying I wouldn't fault him one bit for leaving. Early. Nobody would for either of these guys. He's like an I... NFL tight end. When Todd McShay is saying on broadcasts, Bushman's an NFL tight end. He's going to play on Sundays. He's going to be a good player. If Todd McShay is saying that about you, everybody's saying that about you. And I thought right now he was a probably like a fourth-round pick, which is equal to Dennis Pitta. Well, and that's why I think most people had just mentally prepared themselves to lose both of these guys. And so the fact that you, like I said, just getting one back, let's, let's say Kairos comes back and, and Matt goes, that's massive news or vice versa. When you get both of them back for their senior seasons, what a, what a lift for both sides of the football. And, and I mentioned, you know, what having Matt Bushman back will do for the offense in terms of having your leading receiver. But just look, if you're, a, if you're an offensive player, you at all times have to pay attention to where Kairos Tong is. On the defensive side, having a guy back like that, that that has so much attention drawn towards him, that is a that is a such a boost to the defense. Well, the key for Kyrus is staying on the field, Jason, yeah. and working on that conditioning and losing that weight and being the guy that can stay in for 90 to 95 percent of the plays for BYU football. I think he'll do it. I think he's encouraged and the coaches have challenged him to do that. And how will that change? how BYU defends. Maybe BYU switches up the whole scheme and they have four down linemen and Kyrus is not as much of a block eater and he has some more opportunity to make some uh, bigger plays in the run game and the pass rush. Uh, I don't know. I'm excited to see what happens. All right, topic number two. We've been talking about this. It's our preview show for the West Coast Conference basketball. And the, in the preseason basketball polls uh, a little while ago had the Cougars finishing third in the WCC behind Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Shocker. I know. Now that we're on the eve of BYU's first conference game, we ask you to answer along with us 
by going to vote.byutv.org and vote now on our live poll. The question is, where will BYU at the end of the regular where will BYU finish at the end of the regular season in the West Coast Conference standings? How would you answer that question? I'm sticking with my initial prediction that BYU will finish in a tie for second with St. Mary's. 12 and 4, Jason. I think the Gales are going to lose four games. I think BYU will lose four games and it'll come down to tiebreakers. But I think the Cougars will enter as the number two seed mm. in Las Vegas, which, hey, w when it comes to tournament time, anytime you can bump up a seeding line, it can become hugely advantageous, especially with the way that the tournament is formatted at the Gonzaga Invitational in Vegas. <laughs> you get a buy until the semifinals if you're one of the top two right. seeds, Jason. This I know BYU is trying to win a conference championship, and they're going to say that. The players and the coaches should say that. I know Gonzaga is number one. But if we're being realistic, because we're not on the team, we don't have to think, oh, we're winning a conference championship. We can be a little bit more realistic. If BYU can finish in that number two seed spot and have a bye into the semifinals, hey, you never know what could happen. It's a couple of games in Las Vegas at that point. I think the Cougars, 12-4, and four, tied for second. They'll take the two seed to Vegas. Look, uh, I love everything you just said, by the way. Right now, I'm going to stay with third. Only because I don't want to jinx BYU by saying they'll finish second. Gonzaga's on another level. I, I, I'm not even thinking about them right now. They're the number one team, not just in the country, because they are. Uh, you know, they've dominated this league, and, and it, it's been for for Gonzaga to not be picked one. Some you're going to have to prove that you can beat them. And right now, I just don't see anybody doing that. So, so it really comes down to focusing on St. Mary's, and because Gonzaga is just on another level. And to illustrate just uh, how far ahead the Zags are, brings us to our stat of the day. Oh boy, it's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Gonzaga is the number one team in the NCAA in offensive efficiency at 116.7 points per 100 possessions. I don't know if you know that metric, but that's very, very good. Well, they're the number one team in America, according to all of the AP voters as well. So it's not a yeah. shocker that they're the most efficient offensive team in the country as well. So look, but again, this boils down to BYU and St. Mary's. And in my opinion, BYU is more than capable of overtaking St. Mary's for second place, especially this year. I like the way this team is put together in terms uh, of not just facing St. Mary's, but in the, in the conference. But the Cougars have lost six out of the last eight against the Gales, and that includes regular season and WCC tournament. The Gales, for whatever reason, have been a hurdle for BYU in years past. So right for now, every team yeah, in the WCC. I, I, I will stick with the preseason prediction of third, with the caveat that I think this team is better equipped than in years past to be able to jump up to number two. Well, if BYU and every other team want to keep pace with St. Mary's, it's always important to win the opener. The Cougars will welcome LMU for that game tomorrow night, and joining us to preview. The LMU Lions on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline as our third topic today is their play-by-play -play specialist, Jesse Cass. Jesse, nice to have you on BYU Sports Nation. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, and what a start for the Lions after a comeback win over San Diego last night. What did you learn about this LMU team as they push into conference play with that win last night? Yeah, I mean, it was an impressive win for the Lions. It was a, a gritty, not necessarily pretty win. They shot very poorly from three-point range, but one of their real Achilles heels so far this season has been free throw shooting and turnovers, and they were able to 
do a great job in both of those departments. So their defense really carried the way for them in that ball game, and that's what allowed them to come away with that six-point win last night. Eli Scott's having a nice season so far. Who else can LMU count on for production this year? Well, right now, offensively, Ivan Alipiev has done a nice job taking a big step from his freshman year to his sophomore year. So he's been providing a good scoring punch and can really do it inside and outside, still trying to find that level of consistency to be that real second score that they need. But he's certainly an option. And Eric Johansson, the senior, who has just progressively improved each year, provides really their main three-point threat. And he's had a couple of big scoring outbursts near the end of non-conference play. So... If he has his shot going, that's also a big factor for the Lions in terms of what they're looking for offensively. LMU play-by-play man Jesse Cass with us on BYU Sports Nation. What are fair expectations for the Lions this season in terms of a WCC record after 16 games? Well, you know, obviously you guys know how tough this conference is, and really any given night, no matter who you're playing, it's going to be a tough test. So uh, I think for the Lions, somewhere around – 500 in the conference would be a successful WCC campaign and obviously a good start to that is beating the teams that you feel like you're on equal footing with which is what they did last night against San Diego especially with the slate they have coming up so I think they would expect uh, good, good things out of themselves but as we know this conference is a, is a battle every single night so I think they'll be looking to, to be in a similar position as they were last year but obviously a couple of key players from last year's team not here. So it'll be a, an interesting conference season to see how, how they progress. Jesse, we're asking all of our guests today this question, and it has to do with the uh, the NCAA tournament. A uh, lot of buzz that the West Coast Conference could be a three-bid league. How many teams do you think this conference puts in the postseason this year? You know, I would agree with that sentiment. I think three. And you look at the, the three at the top, the Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and you guys over there at BYU, all extremely talented teams uh, and all very capable, already showing great signs. Of course, Gonzaga, number one in the country. St. Mary's with a couple of big wins. And BYU now rolling with, with Yoli Child back in the lineup and just shooting the lights out with the rest of the team from three-point range. So I like all three of those teams to potentially make it to the NCAA tournament. And I think it's been reflected in how well the WCC has played against other big conferences in non-conference play. So I think it bodes well for a three-bid league uh, this year for the WCC. Following that, Jesse underscore Cass, good to catch up with you, my friend. And uh, as a reward, you get to leave sunny Southern California and come to snowy cold Provo tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the airport as we speak, so uh, we're, we're on our way, and it uh, should, should be a fun trip. It's always good to, to get up there and uh, brave that cold weather. It should be, it's always a great atmosphere, so I'm looking forward to, to catching up with the game. All right, we'll see you tomorrow, Jesse. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. Jesse Cass on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. The Cougars and Lions tomorrow live on BYU TV, 9 Eastern. Our question of the day, as you look at the West Coast Conference season in a whole, where will BYU hoops finish in the regular season, WCC standings, and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. I think I just said in a hole. Yes, a hole. yes. I, just get in a hole and look at the WCC. I would WCC like you to get in, in this hole and then the just hole. look at the conference. Yeah, yeah, no, no. As a hole. I'm glad you said that because that was rattling sure. around in my oh, head. Yeah. I yeah, wasn't yeah. going to say I wasn't yeah. going to say anything. I wasn't. You can and you should. <laughs> Jared Havens answers on Facebook. Hoping for second, but a lot of that depends on if anyone can step up and upset St. Mary's. I'd guess BYU gets swept by the Zags. 
but competes this year. Splits with St. Mary's and loses one to two other games. BYU's reliance on three-point shooting and lack of inside depth will make it tough to run the table against the other teams. I'm mostly in line with that. I think BYU will go 12-4 and four in conference play, and I think 12-4 and four is good enough to finish in a tie for second with St. Mary's. Yeah, I'm excited to see. Because of what BYU was able to do in the non-conference with the schedule they played, I am really excited to see what's possible for this team in conference play. All right, get out of the hole now. Out of that hole. we got stuff to do. We do. We're going to look at the conference. Coming up, previews continue. We will talk with Tom Hudson from the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And... BYU Sports Nation's best frenemy, Alex <laughs> Jensen, the play-by-play man of the Gales, joins us. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU men's basketball beginning conference play tomorrow as they host the Loyola Marymount University Lions. Beautiful campus, by the way, there in Los Angeles. Coverage begins, even though the game's going to be here in Provo. A little bit different weather. Coverage begins 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. More importantly, this is the West Coast Conference men's basketball preview special, the Cougars. And Lions tomorrow, as Jason just mentioned. And you can't have a West Coast Conference basketball preview without the man, the legend, Alex Jensen, our best frenemy, play-by-play man of St. Mary's on the Deseret First Credit Union Highline. Alex, Happy New Year. How are you? Happy New Year, guys. I'm, I'm uh, waiting for the day you guys stop buttering me up so much, but I appreciate <laughs> it. I'll take all the uh, – you guys can pump my ego all you want. I'll take it. Well, it's hard not to pump your ego when uh, you do a great job, first of all, but you also get to broadcast a team that is amazingly consistent at just returning and playing hard and finishing atop the West Coast Conference or near near it. Uh, that said, Alex, St. Mary's and BYU have quite a rivalry, and we anticipate that will ratchet up this season. Uh, we don't see each other for a few weeks, but... What do you think of St. Mary's and BYU uh, competing with the likes of number one Gonzaga for a WCC title this season? Well, first of all, I mean, I, th- I know Gonzaga is number one in the country, Spencer, but um, you take a look at this year's team, you take a look at last year's Gonzaga team, and in my opinion, like, I'm not sure they're close, you know, and that just kind of, I think that's kind of throughout college basketball right now. There's so much parity. There's not that one group of team like we, teams like we had last year which included Gonzaga, that was so dominant that you didn't see him losing until maybe the NCAA tournament. But, you know, I mean, they lost two first-round picks. They lost their all-time assist leader. They lost Zach Norvell, who was a great scorer. This Gonzaga team is very good, but, you know, the difference between one and two and three and four, maybe even five, is not nearly what it was a year ago. When you look at this Gales team, Lots of production came back, and that includes having a senior Jordan Ford right now averaging 21 points per game. He's also shooting the ball extremely well. I understand it's a team game, but ultimately, does St. Mary's success rest solely on his shoulders? I don't know about solely on his shoulders. You know, the Gales Gales played in a pretty tough place to play last night against the USF team that had 11 wins, and Jordan Ford had three points at halftime. The Gales led by eight. Uh, you know, so I, Malik Fitz has taken his game to another level this year. Uh, he he dropped 15 pounds. He's more of a, a matchup problem uh, for a lot of teams. You, know, you guard him with a bigger guy, and he can kind of blow by or stretch the defense out a little bit at 6'8". You guard him with a smaller guy, and he's very good at scoring with his back to the basket. So, uh, you know, there's that aspect. 
Uh, Tommy Cousy is, is making plays again for St. Mary's. But, yeah, I mean, you listen, the Gales aren't going to go where they want to go this year without Jordan Ford being an all-leaguer, obviously. And he's played that way so far this season. I don't think that's really going to stop. I don't think that the Gales' success rests on the shoulders solely of Jordan Ford. He's a big part of it. He and Malik Fitz are as good of a one-two punch as there is in the league. Um, but I do think that this is a, a multifaceted team that can beach in other ways. Losing Matthias Paz hurts. There's no doubt about that. His ability to play make a little bit. But you know, the Gales of the five last night were able to deal with Jimbo Lowell with a, with a rotation that includes two seven-footers. They passed it pretty well out of the post. Um, so, you know, I just think that underscores the strength of this team overall. Tanner Krebs is a senior. He may not be scoring at the same clip, at least recently. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, listen, the Gales need Jordan Ford to be good to have success in the league. But it's not as much, I don't think, at first glance of a one-man team as you may think. Alex, we've got the Delhi Gnome on the desk, and we decided to keep you do? it. Yeah, once BYU like oh, man. finally broke the curse against St. Mary's and figured out a way to beat the Gales. In we, the can, we, can, we can enjoy we, it a little we, bit more. We decided that it, it was okay, that, that he could stay. And as I hold it, you know, I, I'm, I'm having this uh, recollection of talking with Randy Bennett uh, a little over a year ago at the West Coast Conference Basketball Preview, and he was delightful, Alex. And dang it, I'm, I was mad. I was like, Randy... I just want you to be mean. I want you to be rude <laughs> so that the hatred can all flow through BYU. But, man, it, uh, it's hard not to be impressed with what he's doing and uh, what St. Mary's has done consistently. But do they have enough, Alex? Do they have enough to be the regular season champions this year? Again, I, I think that when you look at Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU, I think you can look at any one of those teams and say they do have enough. You know, obviously Gonzaga's a favorite. Listen, I, I know I just said, you know, they're not close to what they were last year. They're not, but they were they were like a national title contender last year. You know what I mean? So, uh, and they might be again this year, but, you know, last year was in a year where you had some really elite teams. Again, I don't think there's an elite team this season. But I think you look at all three of these, I think you'd have to call Gonzaga the favorite. I think based on what St. Mary's and BYU did in the non-league, you know, BYU with a neutral site win over Utah State. They won at Houston. They beat Virginia Tech and UCLA on a neutral floor. Uh, and then looking at St. Mary's, also beat Utah State. They pounded Arizona State. Uh, and they beat Wisconsin on a neutral floor. I mean, these are two teams, guys, that can beat anybody, it seems, on any given night, you know, it's especially in the West Coast Conference. You look at Gonzaga last night. I know they beat Portland. But they trail by seven at halftime. I mean, this is not a team without holes. So I think you look at any one of those three teams, guys, and this may be, uh, at least heading into league play, this may be, in my mind, the most even that these three teams have been. Again, Gonzaga is the favorite, and they should be. They're number one in the country. But, again, I really don't think that gap between one and three is as big as we've seen in the past. And I wouldn't be surprised if any of these teams uh, won the regular season title. Alex, great to catch up with you, my friend. Here's to a three-bid league, huh? I would, guys, I would love that. I don't know if you saw Joe Lunardi's uh, bracket this morning, but he's got all three teams in. So let's hope it stays that way. I do think the WCC is deeper this year, fellas. So that should help the overall strength of the league. Just got to keep winning. All right, brother. Thanks for the time, the information. We'll see you soon. Thanks, fellas. Have a good one. Alex Jensen on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. St. Mary's, and it shouldn't be understated, Got a nice road win against a pretty good San Francisco team last night. That's a tough way to open up conference. And St. Mary's, they do what they do, Jason. Yeah. They just figure out a way to win. And, and I'm glad he brought it up because Jordan Ford only had three points against San Francisco at the half. 
and St. Mary's was in control. That's big. Yeah, well, let's let's take a look at San Francisco. Let's preview the Dons. Right now, they're 11-5 and five overall. As I said, good yeah. team. Yeah, good team. 0-1, as you mentioned, losing to St. Mary's last night. They play Portland uh, at Portland coming up uh, tomorrow. Looking at some of their wins they've had, uh, they've beaten Cal. They won at Fresno State. But look, Frankie Ferrari graduated. That, that's, that's a guy every BYU fan knows a lot about. Not having to face Frankie Ferrari, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big deal. But they do have eight returning starters from last season. They have four players right now scoring in, in double figures. This is a good team. And this, this is always one of those teams in the conference that, that you always worry about. Yes, this is a quad two opportunity for BYU on the road. Right now, San Francisco, 101 in Ken Palm. This is a formidable team. They're kind of in that area they always are yeah. between 75 and 105 in the Ken Palm ratings and the net rankings. Yeah, this is this is a good team. Um, like we said earlier, they beat Cal, beat Fresno State. Yes, Frankie Ferrari's not walking through that door, <laughs> but this San Francisco team is going to be a big challenge for BYU when the Cougars go to the Hilltop. BYU lost by 18 last year on the Hilltop. Yikes. I don't think that's going to happen this year. Always a tough road challenge. How about the San Diego Toreros? Uh, they are coming off a loss last night as well. They lost at LMU, LMU with the comeback victory. Uh, the Toreros 7-9 and nine overall, some of their wins this, uh, this season, uh, versus Fresno State, and then at Weber State. They did lose at Colorado and at San Diego State. I think everybody can understand the San Diego State uh, loss after BYU played them. We know how good they are. Only one returning starter. Uh, so this is, there's a lot of – they lost 55 points of production last year with uh, Pinero. Uh, Olin Carter uh, third, Isaiah Wright, Tyler Williams. Those guys are all gone, so you have eight newcomers. This is a really young team. Yes, this is a team that will struggle this season. BYU should have their way with San Diego. The Cougars play them twice. BYU's going to pick up two wins. Young team. Uh, I think that they would be fortunate to win six games in league, Jason. I think this team's going to struggle because of that youth, and that showed last night in the loss against LMU. You brought up the win against Weber State. Everybody's beating Weber State right now. <laughs> uh, the Fresno State win, though, is a little bit eye-opening because Fresno's not a bad team. No. San Diego's capable, just inconsistent. So the Toreros, they're, they're going to struggle this year because they lost so much production and good grief. That production is what put BYU really on their yeah. heels at the end of last season. They've given BYU fits at times, especially in San Diego. Uh, when you're up like 50 points yeah. in the West Coast Conference Tournament, good grief. Coming up, are the Zags as unbeatable as ever? We heard what Alex Jensen thinks. We'll talk with Tom Hudson. And the NFL playoffs begin tomorrow. It's Rich and BYU Cougars. Details next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU women's basketball looking to rebound tomorrow at the Marriott Center as they host the Portland Pilots coming off a loss last night to Gonzaga. You can watch tomorrow's game for Eastern, 1 Pacific on BYU TV. Welcome back to the show, West Coast Conference men's basketball preview special. Let's keep things rolling with the Friday whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around football. Kairos Tonga announces via social media that he is returning to BYU for his senior season. We all clap and applaud. The defensive lineman nose tackle has 45 total career tackles, 28 of which are solo and five career sacks. 
Cougars in the NFL. Yeah, the postseason is here. Wild card weekend. Several former Cougars in action, including Kyle Van Noy and surprisingly the New England Patriots in a wild card game. They host the Tennessee Titans in Foxborough. Then on Sunday, Taysom Hill and the three seed Saints in the NFC host the Minnesota Vikings. Ziggy Ansah and the Seattle Seahawks as the five seed will take on the Philadelphia Eagles on the road. Men's basketball opens up conference play tomorrow night at home against LMU. You can check out the game on BYU TV and BYU Radio, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Cougars 11 and 4, the Lions 7 and 8. Volleyball. Third-ranked BYU opens the 2020 campaign against number 11 Loyola Chicago tonight. 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. They'll play number 6 Lewis tomorrow at 8 Eastern as well. Tough road trip. BYU coming off a 13 and 12 season, but the projections look great for the MPSF. Now back to the men's basketball West Coast Conference preview, and we go to the Pepperdine Waves, led by Colby Ross, 7 and 8. They lost to Pacific last night after holding a big lead at Firestone Fieldhouse in Malibu. This was a little bit of a shocker to me. Yeah. Pepperdine did not hold on to win this game. Things won't get easier for the Waves. <laughs> They're at Gonzaga tomorrow, so you can expect an 0-2 start. That said, Colby Ross is a baller, as is Kessler Edwards. These guys that were young, I feel yeah. like they've been there forever now, and they are producing. Yeah, Kessler Edwards right now averaging 20 points per game. Colby Ross at, at 17. Um, and this is a team that's played some teams. They they lost at Cal, at USC, at Arizona, but, but, they're, but they're playing teams which is certainly what what you want to see yeah Pepperdine 175 in Ken Palm and uh, 151 in ESPN's basketball power index all right on to the Portland Pilots and we learned that this team is better than we anticipated based on what they did last year Coming back, they gave Gonzaga yeah. everything the Zags could handle for about three quarters of that game in Portland last night, ultimately losing to the Zags. But they were up by eight at halftime. Yeah, Portland is 8-8 eight and eight overall, now 0-1 as you mentioned, and they've got another test coming up tomorrow. They're taking on San Francisco. Now, they will host the Dons in that game. They have wins at San Jose State uh, versus UC Davis, but losses at USC and then two uh, common opponents for BYU. Uh, yep. uh, they lost to Houston and Boise State. Now, obviously, BYU beat Houston, lost to Boise State, but those were both neutral site games. Both were played in Hawaii. Diamond Head Classic. Uh, yeah, it was exactly. happening while we were there for the bowl game. They have two returning starters. Their, their leading scores are Isaiah White with 13, JoJo Walker with 10, Malcolm Porter with 10, and Takiula Ferenson with 10. So they've got guys that can score. they got four players in double figures right now. As is always the case with Portland. When they shoot the three, Jason, yeah. watch out. And they typically shoot it well on their home floor. So, again, they scared Gonzaga, ultimately coming up who short. Was the, who was the – was it Bobby Sharp? Oh, Bobby Sharp. <laughs> Give me nightmares, man. I know, seriously. Three pointers against BYU. What? One game. They Come had on. one game against BYU. He had eight threes. What are we, what are we doing? Bobby Sharp. Ugh, coming up. What's that guy doing right now? A rising shout-out to a Cougar legend. And the Zags. Can somebody overthrow their dominance in the West Coast Conference? We'll talk with their play-by-play -play man, Tom Hudson. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU hosts LMU and the Cougars WCC opener tomorrow on BYU Radio. Coverage begins 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific with me on Cougar Pregame Live. Then you'll have Greg Rubel and Terry Nashif on the call as the Cougars face the Lions.
Welcome back to our West Coast Conference 2020 season preview show on BYU Sports Nation. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is Tom Hudson, Gonzaga play-by-play man. And Tom, last night, Gonzaga, hey, they survived the curse of the number one team in college basketball. Feels like every number one team is losing once they attain that spot, but they rallied to win at Portland. At any point, were you doubting the Zags would actually lose to the Pilots? Well, it was actually funny you say that because there there was a little bit of that early in the second half. Uh, you know, Portland went up by eight, and you know you kind of thought, okay, wait, well, coming out of the locker room, there was going to be a little bit of an answer to you know how how much more energy and and honestly more passion that Portland played with in the first twenty minutes. And so, uh, yeah, you know they got up by eight, and you're kind of looking around and saying, hey, wait a second. Um, but then uh, you know it was incredible to see uh, GU just kind of. Uh, I don't want to say flip the switch. That, that's not necessarily the, the right way to put it. But just, uh, you know, it, it came together. And, and then you looked up and all of a sudden it was a 16-0 run. And, you know, you go from, you know, being down by eight to up by eight. And, and they really did flip the switch. But uh, Portland played well. And I, I, uh, I'm telling you, when we get in the league play, I think everybody thinks they've got a chance to win. <laughs> and Portland, I think, has had a little better preseason than most people thought. And you can see that, guys. I thought Portland was much improved. They looked really good uh, last night. So, yeah, there, there, was, there were a few fleeting moments there. Because, uh, like I said, you know, we got up by 11 early, and it just seemed like our guys kind of thought, okay, well, this is Portland, and they're just going to roll over. And Portland said, no, nah, hey, guess what, guys? We're here to play. And, and so it was, uh, yeah, there, there, were some, there were some dicey moments there before Gonzaga, I, I think, you know, kind of took control there with about 10 minutes to play. So many things going right for Gonzaga this year. Obviously, 1-0 in the conference. That's not a surprise. Number one team in the country right now, and that's despite losing so much production from last season. Four of the five starters gone, yet here we are again. What is the makeup of this team? And, and I don't know why anybody's surprised, but how does Mark View continue to just reload season after season? Well, this one is, guys, has been as unique as one as we've had since I've been here. And I mean, this is 18 years. And uh, you know, with so many, and we had eight new faces coming in uh, this year, and we haven't had that kind of uh, turnover. And then, especially, you know, with the key spots. Uh, I mean, when you look at Josh Perkins, you know, our all-time leading assist guy, you know, he was gone. And then when Zach Norvell decided to leave for the NBA draft, you know, you had two pretty, uh, you know, big holes there. And obviously, with Rui and, and Brandon Clark uh, also leaving, so you know, all of a sudden, you, you wake up, you say, okay, well, who's going to fill these roles? And you know, there was hope, obviously, that Corey Kispert is a junior. Uh, would become a leader and that his game would, would take that next step. Um, but, you know, outside of Corey and, and then, you know, Killian Tilly, but because of his knee, you weren't 100% sure, uh, you didn't really know what you had. And, and even with our grad transfers, you know, Admon Giller is coming back. He had a blood clot and, and didn't play last year. So he, you know, he <laughs> had been out for a while. Uh, Ryan Woldridge was, was battling some injuries and, you know, he didn't practice a whole lot in the summertime. So there were a ton, I mean, really a, a ton of questions. And we've kind of, uh, chuckled a few times to think with, you know, with all the talented teams we've had here, especially over the last couple of years, when you look at this group that nobody had any idea about, you know, four months ago uh, to see what they've been able to do, uh, you know, and go to Arizona and win and go to Washington and win and, you know, and beat Oregon in the Bahamas and, you know, and dismantle. I know North Carolina is not playing very well right now, but, but to take care of them uh, and to go through the preseason 14 and one, uh, a lot of us are shaking our heads right now at the job that Coach Few has done in the way that this uh, this team has come together. Because, uh, you know, I, I think that we, we felt like, you know, there was talent uh, on this team. But, 
you know, you didn't know how it was going to come together. And, you know, with, with so many young guys and especially having the question mark at the point guard position, uh, the way that everybody has played has been, uh, I don't want to say entirely surprising, but I'll say a lot of us are, uh, are pleasantly surprised if that makes sense. Sure. Sure. And, uh, Man, who can blame you for shaking your head at, again, losing so much production. And again, the number one team in the country. Tom Hudson with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, part of our West Coast Conference preview. Tom, how is this Gonzaga team equipped to handle the uh, pressure, if you will, of being the number one team in America based on what's happened to so many number one teams this season? Well, and that has been the interesting part of it is watching this group because I think for a while as we were winning those games, I don't know that these guys have had time to, you know, to really think about where they were going, you know, and that teams were losing ahead of them and they kept moving up and, uh, you know, winning those games, I think it built some confidence and I think it's helped the, this group come together again because I, I think with, with so many new players at the key positions, uh, you know, you didn't really know uh, what was going to go on with this group. And so I, I think it's interesting. Coach Few said it after we beat Detroit Mercy. Uh, you know, it was a little bit sloppy in the game coming back from, from Christmas break. Uh, you know, he said, hey, you know, we're trying to explain to these guys that you have to, you have to play up to be in the number one team. Like, you have to respect that, and you have to show up every day and give that effort. And I think they're, they're figuring that out. It was the same thing. Uh, in the game last night against Portland, I, you know, Adam Morrison and I were joking. I said, hey, you know what? I said, you know, everybody wants to beat number two, but everybody really, really, really wants <laughs> to beat number one. You, you know, and, and so that there, there is, you know, as Coach Few said, a responsibility with, with playing uh, with that number one ranking. So, you know, I think they're, I, I think they're in pretty good shape. I think last night uh, you kind of saw it, a little bit of a wake-up call. And then, you know, we spoke with Philip Petrosev last night after the game, and I think even – you know, he was admitting, okay, yeah, you know, we, we need to show up a little bit better. This isn't going to be just us, you know, rolling into the gym and beating everybody. Uh, you know, like maybe last year. I mean, last year that team was so talented, uh, you know, you kind of felt pretty good every single night going in that, uh, you know, the Gonzaga was going to win. Uh, with this group, I still don't know that you're 100% convinced of, of that, but I think the guys got a, a taste of that last night, that, hey, if we don't show up and, and really, uh, you know, be prepared and pay attention to the, the game plan and the scouting report, uh, and match the effort of our opponent that, uh, you know, you could lose. And then all of a sudden you become that number one team that lost and you get thrown in that group and everybody makes fun of you. And, you know, and, and when you lose a game in the WCC, as we found out, unfortunately, over the years, because nobody has any idea about our conference, really, you know, outside of, uh, you know, the West Coast, uh, you know, gosh, if we would have lost that game last night, uh, you know, we wouldn't have just fallen from number one. I think you would have seen us drop, you know, pretty significantly. So it is interesting to watch these guys uh, in the way they go about their business because it's, uh, it's a group that I don't think anybody expected to be number one right now. And, uh, you know, I think they're just kind of, you know, just ho-humming along and just, and just playing basketball. But I do think that last night served as a little bit of a wake-up call that, uh, you know, hey, coach is right. You know, we're, we're going to listen to what coach is saying now because if, if we're not ready and we're not prepared, it could, uh, you know, it could lead us to some losses. And if it leads to losses, then all of a sudden, you know, a lot of things that they've drawn up that, uh, you know, I think midway through the season start saying, hey, you know, we, we got a good team and we could be a number one seed and we could go, you know, deep into the NCAA tournament. So those are the things now I think that they realize they're really playing for. Hey, Tom, in 10 seconds, WCC, how many teams get in the NCAA tournament? Some think it's a three-bid league. How many teams do you think make it? I like three right now. I do. I, I think the way, and gosh, BYU has played so well. I, I think BYU, to me, is probably one of the bigger surprises, too, uh, with, uh, you know, Coach Post and a great job. And with Yoli back, it looks like they're playing well. I, I like three right now. I, I, I really do. Tom, great to talk to you. Enjoy the ride, man. 18 years as the Gonzaga play-by-play <laughs> man, and it, it seems like you're always at the top. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm spoiled. <laughs> I, I, that's all I've got. I, I am 
I am spoiled. I'm living a blessed life. That, uh, that is the truth. Thanks, Tom. All right. Hey, guys, take care. Great talking to you. Tom Hudson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. It always goes through Gonzaga. We keep our team previews rolling now with Santa Clara. Team BYU will face only once this season. 13-2 and two overall. And you see 13-2 and two and you're like, whoa, they're yeah. good. Jason, Santa Clara has played the easiest schedule in all of college <laughs> they, basketball. They have not played anybody. The Broncos' strength of schedule is ranked 353 out of 353 college basketball teams. They had a bye on Thursday. They get San Diego in their WCC opener on Saturday. And here's the thing. They get four returning starters. 87% of their point production is back. So there you go. Good right. for them. You know what? Let's move on. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is Zach Bay Rudy, Pacific play-by-play man. And Zach, how about the Tigers under Damon Stoudemire? 13 wins. He said he wanted to teach his team how to win. Has he finally done it? Uh, hello, guys, and Happy New Year. And uh, I think he has. Uh, this is a, a team that has not only won 13 games, including their first league game last night, but they've done so in, in pretty uh, substantive fashion. I mean, they've faced some deficits on the road. Uh, they've come from behind. They've showed a lot of poise. And just in that uh, alone, uh, you're talking about a Pacific team that is, is different than the one we've seen in, in years past. The strength of schedule is not super strong. So how do you view the 13-4 and record? Are the, what, what questions are still out there about this team right now? You know, I had a feeling this question was coming, and, and as far as strength of schedule goes, you know, it, it's all relative, and I think there's a science and an art to, to kind of building a schedule, uh, and, and Leonard Perry, the associate head coach who handles the schedule making, kind of took all that into account, and you have to kind of see where your team is and figure out the level they need to be tested. You know, I don't think this specific team could have gone to, you know, the the, the high majors of the world and, and maybe won those games, but they certainly could have been tested very well, which they were at Hawaii. I mean, they played in the rainbow classic at Hawaii. It's always very hard to beat Hawaii over there. And then they played a South Dakota team that was picked to finish at either first or second in the summit league, but they were very, very talented, a senior laden team. I mean, there, there have been tests uh, on the schedule and uh, you know, even though the, the, the names might not jump off the page at you. Uh, there have been good tests, and I think this schedule was a pretty good barometer to see where this team is now. Uh, and it's a Pacific team that has a lot of new pieces, so they needed, you know, they needed some games in there to kind of get uh, get playing well together. And I think this schedule was was appropriate for this level. University of the Pacific play-by-play man Zach Bayrudi with us on BYU Sports Nation. What did you learn about the Tigers in their West Coast Conference opening win at Pepperdine 59-56 last night? Uh, they were very gritty. Uh, they trailed by 13 at one point in what was kind of an odd game. I mean, Pacific opened the game on a 10-2 run. Pepperdine went on a 17-2 run after that. The Tigers finished the first half on a 10 to nothing run. So I was talking to Stoudemire after the game in our interview, and, you know, the game never really found its level. So it was, it was an odd game, I think, for him to coach. Uh, but at the end, uh, you know, the, the Tigers ended up going on the run they needed to win the game. Uh, Pepperdine had a chance to tie it at the buzzer with an open Colby Ross three. You know, an all-league player misses the three, and, and Pacific survives. But, you know, as you guys know, I mean, as BYU fans really know about coming to Malibu, it's, it's a tough place and a kind of a funky place to try and win. And for Pacific to trail by as many as 13 and ultimately pull out the victory on the road, I think that says quite a bit. What are the expectation 
what are the expectations for Pacific now that conference play has begun? And how many teams do you think this conference puts in the NCAA tournament this year? Oh, that's a tough question. Uh, you know, for, for Pacific, just in a vacuum, I think this team wants to go to a postseason tournament. You know, it's been it's been since 2013-14 that they've done it, uh, and that was the year they went to the semifinals of the CIT. Um, you know, so I think just for this team, they want to go to a postseason tournament, and and they're they're well on their way. I think you know they probably need about three or four more wins to to get there, and I, I think those are out there for them. Um, as far as the, the the number of teams in the NCAA tournament. I think it could easily be three. I mean, you're talking about, you know, Gonzaga and St. Mary's and obviously BYU is always a threat, but you never know who can kind of sneak up at the end and maybe somebody even steals a bit in Vegas. So I think three is, is very realistic. I don't think it's way off base at all. Zach Bay Rudy, Pacific play-by-play man with us on BYU Sports Nation. Always a pleasure, Zach. And uh, hey, keep things rolling for the Tigers and Stoudemire. Thank you, guys. We'll miss going to Provo this year, but uh, we'll, we'll catch you guys uh, in uh, Stockton and Happy New Year. All hail to Stockton. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> Coming up, our and one picks and a poll update. Plus, a Cougar legend earns a well-deserved rise and shout-out. This is BYU Sports Nation West Coast Conference Preview Special. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. The show always on demand anytime via BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Now, a quick reminder on how voting is taking place and going on our live poll for our question of the day. Vote.byutv.org. Where will BYU basketball finish in the regular season West Coast Conference standings? Currently, 62% of you saying that BYU will finish second. That is a blue-goggled optimistic take for sure with St. Mary's and Gonzaga. There. Big, big game next week at St. Mary's. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort answering that question of the day at Graydon Larson says on Instagram, second, Zags are still just too good. They seem to reload every year. BYU should finally be able to shake off St. Mary's. Is this the year to shake off a team that's projected as a seventh seed in the tournament right now? They're 14-2. and two. I hope so, right? They, they have been they have been a thorn in BYU's side. There's no question. Today's rise and shout out. I'd love to have this guy playing for BYU basketball. Goes to Roland Minson, former BYU basketball legend, one of five men's players or coaches to have his jersey retired in the Marriott Center. He passed away on New Year's Day at the age of 90. Minson helped lead the Cougars to a 1951 NIT championship. Was named tournament MVP that year. Roland Minson finished his playing career as the BYU all-time leading scorer with over 1,400 points and remained in that position for 22 years. Roland Minson, dead at the age of 90. One of the greats to ever play at BYU. Our thanks to all of today's guests for our West Coast Conference Basketball Preview yeah, Special. That's right. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Dick Namelka. See you tomorrow for BYU women's and men's basketball doubleheader. Go Cougs.